Frontline Records Rewind. Frontline Records Rewind. Frontline Records Rewind. Hi, this is Les Carlson. And, and we're Crumbacher. This, this is part two of Frontline Records Rewind. Favorite songs. I mean, what do you, I mean, you've done a lot of songs, but what are the ones that what are the ones that you say, you know, that's kind of that's kind of our those are the those are the songs that that everybody really liked. We all are in agreement that these were our, our more popular for me, to me, if if I have to say a song that is Crumbacher, I would say Glowing in the Dark. That that to me was our first song that um, incandescent that captured the sound that I hoped we could get. Because um, there, I, 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 there was something I was looking for. I didn't know exactly how we needed to get to it, but when we did Glowing in the Dark, I, that's when it kind of started to become Crumbacher, the Crumbacher sound. And do you remember what you were doing, where you were at, and all that kind of stuff when you came up with that? Um, I didn't really even know it was going to be that. I just knew I, I, I knew what I wanted the song to sound like in my head, and we learned it. And we, it first few times we did it, we bombed with it. Actually, it was really bad. A lot of vocals. A in lot there. of vocals. It yeah. was really complicated, and we almost stopped doing it. But some, we just kept at it. Like we said, we rehearsed. We couldn't get it right. We <laughs> kept rehearsing, and eventually it did. It clicked, and it was like that's our sound right there. And um, so for me, that was the first one that it's like, if, if I wanted to tell people back then, you know, what, what's your sound? That would have been my, my go-to yeah. song. So here it is, let's hear it. All right. Going in the dark, Crumbacher. Lights out, power line down. There's panic in the city and it makes me wonder. Stranded at the edge of town. As a distant storm approaches, I can hear the thunder. But through it all, the love inside me love inside me, such a fine thing to know. Oh, oh, so good to know. So good to know. It keeps me glowing in the dark. I'm glowing in the dark. Keeps me glowing in the dark. I'm glowing in the dark. Throughout the night, dead and cold, I've illuminating power in incandescent soul that keeps me glowing in the dark, glowing in the dark. I started out with just a spark, now I'm glowing in the dark. <laughs>
So how did you meet Frontline? When did that happen? And I mean, how did it happen, basically? That was, um, it's interesting, I mean, kind of back to Jim's story of when he used to watch the concerts on TV in the Philippines. I remember when I was about 12 years old, I used to watch them on TV when I could find them. And they were always on really late at night or when no one else was awake. Um, but And I remember seeing Jimmy Kempner on there hosting them. And I just said to myself as a 12-year-old, I need to f get to know this guy here because he seems plugged in with the youth culture. Mm -hmm. You know, because I didn't know much more than that. Um, I was raised in a pretty conservative church atmosphere. So that was pretty radical for me, these Calvary Chapel concerts. But I saw him doing them. I thought, I, I have to get to know this guy because he's, he's the one that can kind of get me help me to show me where to, mm -hmm. you know what I need to do and so I didn't realize he was associated with uh, with Maranatha in any way uh, or with uh, Ministry Resource Center um, I just knew he did the concerts he was the guy that did the concerts on TV and so that just kind of happened and um, for our our first and really our only video for uh, for the song Jamie he was also instrumental in that I hadn't even met him yet and he had been listening to our stuff and he liked the song Jamie and said, let's do a video on this here. And um, he has a daughter named Jamie. Oh, he, he, that's right. That's right. Mm -hmm. And um, so, I mean, it's just, it was interesting the way it all happened. So we, we were on Broken for about, it wasn't very long, Broken, Open and Folded, I think in the same year. Yeah. <laughs> it was Broken. Did it, it was crazy. It was I mean, we, the records came out and then it wasn't real long after that, less than a year I'd say, when they decided to sell Broken. And so all of us, Undercover, the Choir, Krumbacher, and Alter Boys, there were four of us on there. Suddenly, we didn't, none of us had a label. And it was just, I mean, it was really heartbreaking too, because we finally had our first record out, and it was doing really well, and then suddenly the label was gone. So um, that's when Jimmy uh, formed Frontline. A couple different people in Southern California kind of formed their own labels to kind of pick up that, fill in that need of the yeah. alternative thing. And and Jimmy was like one of the first to do it because he was more connected with the artists. And um, I didn't really even think about it so much as well. I had to follow my my instinct from my 12 year old self that said, "Well, get to know him and yeah. see what he can do for you." You know, and I mean, for us, I mean, I, it, I think it was the right place for us to be at the right so time. So, you know? who approached you first? Um, From I don't the front remember. Line. It was probably Jimmy at the time. I think when uh, the broken bands were kind of wondering what to do, I think he reached out to pretty much all of them to let them know he was going to be starting something up. Mm -hmm. um, I do believe. I do believe, and this may not be true. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. I may have been the first artist to sign on Frontline. Um, I was one of the first. Um, you were the first ones to have an album out on Frontline, but I do remember um, this was, I mean, I signed my contract in his backyard, Jimmy's backyard. It's patio furniture. Um, uh, yeah. And it, it, there, was not, there wasn't a label yet even. It was just, there wasn't even distribution yet. There was a hot tub. It, yeah, that was it. You know, it was like... <laughs> We're calling us a record label, and you want to be on it. And okay, you know. And it was us and the Altar Boys were were kind of around at the beginning. They may have been the first to sign. I don't know, but it was very 
we were there at the very beginning of it, uh, and then you guys were also there. Uh, yeah. So I yeah, so. yeah. That may have that may have happened that way. Um, uh, I think we were one of the first releases on Frontline. Mm -hmm. So yeah. So you you saw it from pretty much the yeah. beginning there, and. Um, yeah, it just, again, it was just kind of a surreal experience for me to just, to get to do that. I remember when we were planning our first album for Frontline, um, looking for studios. Um, I think I was at Jimmy's house and Terry Taylor was there. Yeah. And I was a huge Daniel Amos fan. Uh -huh. And I still am, but at the time I was just, that was who I wanted to be like. Yeah, yeah. You know? And he was there, and Jimmy's like, well, why don't you two go and check out these studios, and you tell me. And so I'm driving Terry Taylor around in my car. <laughs> Checking out studios, gee. Thinking, what are all the things I've been wanting to ask him? I know, I know, like, you, you get, come you on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, you know? <laughs> I know. And it's just, I mean, things like that just happens. It's such a fast progression for me. I, I just couldn't really take and it all where in. Where was your first uh, Frontline record recorded? Recorded? It was... A little studio called Sound Affair um, in Santa Ana, and I remember they predominantly did Korean records there. <laughs> that was their North number or one. South. That was their number one <laughs> clientele. They did all these it's records. It's kind of a current thing. And Christian records, of course. Okay. Um, we, you know, but that, I just thought it was interesting. It's like. Um, I didn't know these the recording studios were just around like that, you know, and it was it was in like a little warehouse area. Mm -hmm. And we recorded, we tracked it all in this little studio, and then we mixed it at uh, at Whitefield Studios, which again is one of those legendary things that used anyone in the early days, you could look you could read the credits on the albums, recorded and mixed at Whitefield Studios. So in my head that was like I'd made it, you know. <laughs> to get to yeah. walk into this place. Who produced it and who engineered? Do you that remember? That was Joe Taylor's production on okay. Incandescent, the very first right. okay. uh, one for uh, Broken Records. Thanks, Joe. Yes. And, you know, I have to say, I didn't I didn't know what a producer did for albums. I'm, some do more than others. He fit perfectly because he was able to guide us without forcing us into any particular direction. Yeah. When we came in with our all of our vocals we wanted to do, he didn't make us not do it. He was kind of like, are you sure? <laughs> but like, if you're going to do that, okay, let's do this. Let's try it like this then, and let's make it work for you. So yeah. he was... Because he ultimately used those... Yeah, yeah. He, that's the thing. He got behind it. it. It wasn't what he was expecting to well, do. Well, he was speechless. <laughs> well... <laughs> Jimmy, bring it up. I ha uh, One of my favorite songs uh, was Speechless. Um... That's hard to talk about. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. not. Well, I'm speechless. Um, yeah, that, that song for me, I didn't enjoy playing it so much because it was hard for me to play. It was different. It was something different than the usual that we had uh, rhythmically or, you know, what I was doing as a drummer. But just the concept that was behind Speechless um, and what I found as a traveling band being on the road, there were more times that were quiet than that were spent on stage, obviously. Um, so there was a lot of downtime and a lot of time to reflect. And Speechless, to me, just is a reflective song. And it's, um, it just says 
more with with less than than a lot of songs do. So, you know, it was just a song I, I really loved, and and um, it's got some beautiful harmonies that represents who we were, we were as a band, who we are, and um, that was one of our main elements in recording that we were talking about earlier. When Joey heard what we were trying to do and what we actually did, and then what we did in concert with har harmonies and, and sound, it was, it turned out great. So I kind of love that song, Speechless. Wow, Jimmy, awesome. Here uh, for you is Speechless by Krumbacher. Yeah, that was Jimmy. Ooh, hey, Anana, I'm speechless. Ooh, hey, Anana, Lord, I'm speechless over you. I'm speechless over you
Les, did you know that with each Frontline Rewind episode, we have a specially curated Spotify playlist? I did not know that. I'm on my way. I mean, the fact that you were missionary kids, mm-hmm. that had major impact on who you are in your life. And, Still and to bringing this day, yes, the, it does. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a nice legacy. I think sometimes we struggle with a lot of things because we're, we're third culture kids and we're not really Americans. And as we get older, there's a lot of things yeah. we deal with. You're and a, more of a world citizen. We are. I and see. so, but getting into the band situation, we had been traveling our entire lives. So, vans, yeah, that was little cars with things all over them. I mean, hardship. It was, Bring it on. <laughs> not a big deal. Yeah. No big deal. This wasn't, uh, it, it could have been seen as an adventure, but for us, it just was a continuation <laughs> of really what was, we were already right? familiar it with. Was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because we being in a being in a band that travels, it's kind of like being on the mission. And field, we it's, exactly it's hard. Yeah. It is, and we we didn't have it. We no matter what we traveled in, we always had it a few issues. It was always difficult. Yeah, yes. it was never. Come easy. on, let's hear some issue stuff. Come well, on, we we were pretty much known as the band who missed their set at festivals Did here. We? In the, oh, right. do you remember? Well, well we our missed, bus. We missed. I do remember. One. We missed Ichthus, right? Yeah. <laughs> and they had to put us back on. That's a pretty big festival. But they put us back on. But they did. They, they rescheduled for And us. I don't think missing just as... We usually left enough time yeah. for the breakdowns. Yeah. It was just... There were so many oh, that was, breakdowns. That was scheduled in. <laughs> we tour. did. We always scheduled in time. So, yeah. But Breakdown. they're like, there comes Krumbacher in their little bus. Okay. So, and we had a van first. But you know what? It By the time we had our bigger bus, we, we were good. Yeah. We had Jim... You made more gigs. Jim worked on the bus. Kind of kept it going with Van. Mm-hmm. Steve did too. I mean, you guys. It always seemed to be that way with a lot of the Christian bands that you yeah. had to be. Uh, you had to have you all know, the trades. Singers and, and yeah. players, yeah, and did. you also yeah. <laughs> mechanics and <laughs> drivers. You know, you had to also be tour managers and. Yeah. Well, yeah. He's got grease under your fingernails going on stage half the time. Yeah. <laughs> Which is really, I think, better than the secular bands because it was too much, you know. They were, they were too well cared for. I would have liked to have tried it that way. <laughs> yeah, we wouldn't have minded Just maybe. one tour. But, yeah, you um, know, we made it work yeah. our way, I guess. So. You <laughs> sure did. You, you guys had a lot of, lot of uh, I mean, it was really upbeat and a lot of fun. I saw this one YouTube video of you guys telling the story about when you f- heard one of your first uh, oh, that, yeah. records. Uh, and it was, yeah, that was I thought, wow, how cute. <laughs> you know, that's so cute, man. Yeah, I just love that. Look at they're sincerely fired up. And you were. Yeah. What'd you have for dinner that night? I don't know, but it was you said you went into a restaurant. You don't remember that. Well, yeah, it was Denny's. <laughs> was it don't like remember dinner. Okay. It was Denny's and Salon so Capistrano. That wasn't memorable, but it was really cool to see Definitely. you guys. <laughs> Yeah. The first time that you hear yourself on the on the radio. It's fun. Well, and and I've heard several bands tell their same story, and it's all the same. Mm-hmm. You know, we turned all the radios on in the car and ran around the car screaming. And <laughs> it's like, well, we did that. Isn't that what I we want? That. That's I mean, what we wanted to hear our songs on yeah. the radio, and there it yeah. is. It's fun. For some reason, I don't know. That makes it real um, to finally yeah. hear it on the radio. I don't know why. Yeah. But yeah, that's it's, when it's it validation. became real. I think. I yeah. guess it's yeah. like yeah. someone is playing this and they don't have to. Yeah, that's that's like <laughs> notarizing. You know, yeah. In the in the world of business, you've actually been notarized. You're, <laughs> you're on the radio. You know. 
Yeah, awesome. So, and I'm curious about this title, mm. Reckless Boys and Bad, <laughs> Bad Girls. Ooh. That one was actually a lot of fun. That one we can't sing because that's three of Dawn on that song. <laughs> um, oh. I came well, in... I think Jimmy can handle <laughs> one of the high parts. <laughs> that one, I had this concept. I wanted Dawn to sound like the Andrew sisters or <laughs> one of those groups where you have the blonde brunette and the redhead uh-huh. singing around the microphone, you know, uh-huh. in USO outfits. And, um, so did it have a swing feel? It to did. It, it oh, had wow. a very swing. Um, and, a lot of fun and I play. really wanted to do something where she, her vocal was like the one you were. So li- how did you do to. that live? Um, that was when her sister, Beth actually joined oh, yeah. us on stage for a few shows, and it was a three-part harmony. They were able to do two parts, yeah. and, and yeah. we pulled it off live. And it was this. a lot of fun to do live. It was a very hard song, though. Um, but I remember in the studio trying to explain it to you what I wanted. I'm like, you know, you're chewing gum, and you're just like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you don't care if anyone's listening. You're just singing. And your mom was in the studio when we recorded that, and she actually helped me with that. Oh, she did. To communicating it oh, to yeah. you. Oh, yeah. You know, it's like, no, do probably, it like this. You I know? could probably do Grease, but <laughs> Olivia, but I don't know about Anderson. Yeah, yeah I mean, it wasn't, you weren't totally familiar with what I was asking for, but your mom was kind of like, she knew. Yeah, yeah. She, she got the concept, so she was like, she was there kind of helping you along with, with those. So <laughs> that, was, that was a lot of fun, though. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of my favorite songs off of it, actually, just because of the. Uh, yeah, so let's, let's hear that song. All right. Okay, uh, Dawn, yes. could you bring it on? Let's we're, give the title. We're going to hear Reckless Boys and Bad Bad Girls from Tame the Volcano.
Hey Adele, how do people hear the music featured on the Rewind shows? Well, a lot of people like to stream music these days on Apple Music, Spotify, and other digital music stores. And of course, downloads are available on iTunes and Amazon. And if you're a hardcore classic music appreciator, some physical CDs can be purchased on Amazon and our own website, frontlinerecords.us. Wow. Very informative. Well, thank you. Mm-hmm. So I noticed that you guys at a young age had some blonde streaks in your hair. Yeah. How did that happen? We have streaks in our hair now were that you, are were, completely natural. Were you, were you frightened? Or it just happened? Were you struck by lightning? Or We that, worked hard on that hair. We did. Boy, we all had to have it in oh. a different place, I think. Goodness well, there's sakes. only so much room on the stage. <laughs> and well, we, everybody around us was doing it, too. Oh, my gosh. It was the 80s. It was yeah. kind of like, what is it that no one else has done? Okay, let's go ahead and do it then. It, it was a fun time. It was. To I be even pop, found. Pop music. Because style wise, yeah. it was, you could kind of just go crazy. When people fun. actually thought about how they looked and they kind of had fun with it and everything. Yeah. I liked the 80s. It was great. Yeah. And then we had grunge. It's like, <laughs> oh, wow. I know. This okay, is one extreme just to the down, other. Yeah. But, you know, the, grunge the is easy. The clothes easier, were right? so fun. Man, the clothes. Oh yeah. For incandescent. Those that, I mean, that was fun. Who did your times. outfits for you guys? Who was in <laughs> charge did of that? Them. We did our own. In fact, I, my mom used to make a lot of mine. Oh yeah. Um, she did. She she made jackets. the patterns. I'd show her what I wanted or something on MTV like that that guy there, what he's wearing. Yeah. Something like that. And so yeah, she designed a lot of my stuff that I wore and, but yeah, we would oh I don't know. We'd find things in we just put it places. together. Yeah, yeah, we did. We just kind of put it together. And find different things. We wouldn't buy full outfits anywhere. <laughs> In fact, the cover of Incandescent, we... Jim, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I wish you was could see Jimmy's your, face right now. Were those my, <laughs> my things? Were yours some of those were mine that he wore. That's no, true. Yeah, those, guys, you're wearing dogs? You're wearing some of dogs. Oh, and I it was, about It that. was always last minute, I think, for us. I know you were telling your mom to make your jackets, but the rest of us are like, ah! We have a photo shoot. We better go look around. Well, that was one of our huge pastimes being on the road so much is um, stuck, uh, finding clothes. And, yeah. and then with the little bit of money that we made, actually being able to pop buy those clothes. Yeah. So it was always an adventure finding clothes. Well, you know, and half the time I was wearing girls' clothes. I don't, I don't know. So they were... <laughs> They were cheaper somehow. <laughs> and then we finally got cool. some eyeliner. Jimmy, in the 80s, that's the guys. Yeah, was. You, you couldn't go and buy guys' well, clothes. Told, someone at Maranatha told me when we first released our incandescent, he even said um, he believed that, that a, an artist, you shouldn't be able to go and buy off the rack what you see your favorite artist wearing. <laughs> so I thought, well, that would be us because yeah. we yeah. can't even buy it off the rack. <laughs> Not, not the same rag. Yeah. So we made some of ours too. Yeah. Sonia and I mm -hmm. put together some jacket. Yeah, we did. It was the '80s. You could do a it lot was of fun. that. Yeah, yeah. No one questioned. You like, could add. Oh stuff. yeah, those two things. Padded shoulders go too, right? Oh yeah, big ones. That's why we all look great. Mm -hmm. Well, that first album as well. Uh, Don and I had literally just come from growing up in other countries, so no idea of American no culture. Idea. No, yeah. not really. That was kind of a, a shock, I suppose. And then the first time, I remember, because um, I knew I was going to be working with Joe Taylor, um, but I hadn't yet. 
and you guys didn't even know who Undercover was. You just mm-hmm. knew, knew Petra and Sweet Comfort Band and mm-hmm. Andre Crouch and yep. yeah. those types of groups. Right. So when I told you about Undercover, you had no idea. And I remember you went to see them at Magic Mountain. Me? When you came back. Yes, I you did, and Wes, you? and you did were probably you? with them too. I just remember you were shocked and also just really intrigued. Like, I had no idea that this was happening in Christian music. Right. Yeah. And then we when you saw listened, that, you were like, oh yeah, we're yeah. on board. We had these listened, guys are, the, are who we're going to be hanging yeah, out with. We them. had listened to secular music, believe it or not, even with our parents being missionaries. Like I said, they were a little bit on the rebellious side, so they didn't, they didn't care if we listened to the secular music. I mean, there were a few albums they took away, I think. Yeah. But they encouraged us to go get secular music because... I think our parents knew early on we were going to be doing something with music because they still were, you know. Live. Tame the Volcano was a crazy song in studio. We it have was. video of it. It's, it was nuts. We were, I was being, I was natives in the jungle, the ones who sing high. Like in all the Bob Hope movies. Oh, those natives. The actual song, Tame the Volcano? Yes. That was a crazy song, but oh. it was so much fun. Did you do a fun. video to this? No, we oh. didn't. We just have video from the studio. Yeah. That oh. someday we Recording should post up there because... But that's fun. That was another one of those where Did I had to Did you have those outfits on before. for the video or what? <laughs> no, but our, our album release party? Yeah. That was a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. We all dressed up. We did. Up. We, held, we said, come in your best jungle attire yeah. or something. and. It was, it was fun, and everyone did. We couldn't believe everyone actually came dressed with grass skirts and see the influence. Yeah, it was it was insane. Like people are really doing this. We just thought it would be just a few of us. We invited everyone from the record label to come, and people did. It was that was a lot of fun. fun. We had a lot of fun. Wow. <laughs> yeah, let's hear it. Let's Tame hear it. the volcano. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just cut through the grapevine 
Les, the other day I was viewing the Frontline YouTube channel. Did you know you're in almost every Rewind promo video? I want to be. Well, you are. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) There's also original music videos of Bloodgood, your band, Mm -hmm. and other Frontline artists from the 80s and 90s. Wow. Well, how do I view those? Well, you go to youtube.com backslash F-R-N-T-L-N-R-C-R-D-S. So it's Frontline Records without the vowels. Without the vowels. Yeah. What, what, we can't afford the vowels? Well, I don't know, but, or you can just search Frontline Records channel in YouTube. I'm going to do that. Okay. So that was Tame the Volcano, and uh, is it tame? Is it tame now, I don't think folks? it ever I mean, is. You just heard it. Crumbacher. Mm. I, I always say that Incandescent was my favorite album just because it was our first, and I just the memories of it, I think uh, that might be a reason. But I really like um, Escape from the Fallen Planet um, because it was a concept album and the story that ran through it and um, which as we're talking about albums going away that this this one is one that actually you know Steve laid out in great form another thing we didn't know is you're never supposed to do a concept album the second one for your second album yeah (laughs) but if you look at this list we did we did have some songs that did well. Yeah. Crash Landed was on the charts. Yeah. Uh, Name Droppers was on. Was that remember. on a rock? I don't remember. Was Tourist Trap on the rock chart? It might have. I think it know. was. I looked Interstellar at those charts. Interstellar Satellite was on the Interstellar Satellite Crash was. Landed was on what album? On Escape from the Fallen Planet. Okay. So this album was just a very interesting album. and um, But what I wanted to talk about was graduating class mm. because... Um, that was about so many things we're all dealing with now. Because mm-hmm. um, we've lived a little bit more. We've lived longer, and we've lost people. And graduating class, can I say? Mm-hmm. Was yeah. yeah, his Steve's sister passed away during during the writing of this. Was um, it even before? It was right after Incandescent came right out. After, so it was while I was still writing this. Yeah, yeah. cancer, and um, I just remember being so young. Yeah. And not having a concept of what that would be like. And I think about it now and all the people that I know that have passed this way or are dealing with these struggles. It's like, wow, we're in such a different world. So just lately, graduating class has been a very special song to me when I've thought about listening to it or or doing that. And um, it's talking about graduating from here to heaven. And it's at the end of the album and it you know it's the end of the story of this whole album but i just feel like i just feel like for us in what we're living through now as humans and believers that we have a place that we know we're going to see mm-hmm. our loved ones and i can't imagine people who don't have that hope in their life i really yeah. really can't so um it's such a party song, though. I like, Graduate, I like yes. that's the, the <laughs> paradox of it, huh? Graduating yes. class is so up and happy. And it, it so many people used it at their graduations. They did. People used it at graduations. And awesome. they did, you know, okay. but it was, it that's was, and, and I guess so that's what I was talking about earlier about Steve's songs is that if you really dig into the lyrics, you, you hear all that stuff. And um, there's a lot of other artists who have done this over the years where the lyrics are so deep and even hurting, hurtful a little bit. But yet, the music is happy, and you, yeah. it lifts you, you know, as you're listening to those. So, so that is, yeah, graduating well, I, class I was one heard of mine. the most successful songs were happy melodies with sad lyrics. Yeah. Mm. 
Hmm. Someone told me, I believe Dave Jansen told me that. Did he? And um, it's kind of true. The Beatles had a lot <laughs> really? of those. Well, yeah. Can we hear that, Beach Jones? Boys. Let's hear it. Graduated, Graduated class. class, all right. Here it is, yeah. off Escape from the Fallen Planet.
So that was graduating class. And the album is a concept album. I mean, you, you, you spoke, right? I mean, this is what you're, what you're saying about this album. I had so I think everybody should get together, <laughs> put this album on and have a party and listen from the beginning to the from end beginning to and end. enjoy this, one this piece of work. End. It's amazing. And of the things I've recorded, I don't listen to what I've worked on ever. But every once in a while, if I'm feeling nostalgic, I'll, I will listen to this one from beginning to end just because it puts me in that it's a story and I had this grand idea that one day I would record the first contemporary Christian science fiction album and it would be based on Pilgrim's Progress it didn't turn out that way <laughs> it kind of sort of started and then it took its own turns just based on my own life and just observations but it, it, it's just a story of traveling through this life that's why it starts off with solo flight which is an instrumental and then crash landed when you realize your mortality and mm -hmm. now you've got to survive on this planet and then just the different scenarios that you find yourself in and all of the songs deal with those different scenarios and then graduating class about uh, losing people who are close to you is towards the end of the album um, yeah, it's 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 not really a deep concept, not as deep as I wanted it to be, but it, it turned out to still be the general idea of what I wanted to do. Yeah. That. So I would suggest that we all get it together and listen, <laughs> Krumbacher fans and new fans as well. See, we never we never made the uh, I think we, ever, we didn't make the conscious decision to stop working together as a band. That was never like this is the last album or uh, I'm leaving after this commitment. It was just kind of like we'll play together as long as we can. But by the time we got to this, you can kind of start to see things, how things are going. People were getting married, having kids. And I could see it wasn't going to be the same band that it was when we were 20 years old. And so I wanted to write a song about it, not really thinking this is going to be our last album. It, it was our last album as Kronbacher. Um, but not really thinking that, but I thought, well, just in case I want a song that, that is for the group, mm -hmm. that I can say I wrote for the band. Mm -hmm. And so that's where that song is from, and we did two versions of it. We did um, an up-tempo, more of a rock version of it, um, but then I wanted, I, I did just an acoustic, just piano at the end. So we did a I did a reprise of it, with just me at the piano at the end. and. Um, I don't know. It's still very special to me because that, to me, that's like a the personal story. It's kind of like I feel like we're in a tiny little room and it's just the band members and me yeah. listening to it. You know, um, that was a gift. That song was a gift, at least to for us. me. Yeah, yeah, it's true. I think it made it maybe made it easier when it, you had I to. I think so because you gave us something. It yes. wasn't a break. Like I said, it, it wasn't like I'm leaving. It was like I need it, it, some it, time off. Yeah, I you think it's where it. You talked you know, about the road and your feelings and how great it was yeah and yeah it was it, that was necessary i think because things were getting weird with you know don's not going to bring janae on the bus i knew i knew yeah. i couldn't well it was kind of like how are I, we going to do this i didn't want to you know and you know that that wasn't going to be a place for her so my sister was filling in and then we did some shows here and she sang and jim was getting married yeah yeah 
Well, yeah, so right we, after Janae was born, you we, got married. We knew things were going to so change. So it just, you felt that thing that bands feel. And so, yeah, that was, it. you accomplished what you set out oh, to good. do. <laughs> because yeah. that was that I think still to this day yeah we that's our song that he wrote for yeah. us yeah I right. don't listen to it very often because it's oh, too emotional it's kind of well, we like, well, you cried like, when I played it in the studio oh, the first time I'm like I didn't mean to do that to mm-hmm. you but me yeah I remember mm-hmm. you cried I'm like well okay I, I guess you heard it then you you <laughs> you know and yeah. You know, like I, I, I didn't really mean to make this a sad song. Yeah. <laughs> well, guys, we we've got to hear it now. So, will you please introduce it? it yes, sure. Because it's for me, it's um, it's a very personal song. And like I said, when I when I did the the piano version, it was just me and the piano, and a cricket hiding in the corner, mm. that you can kind of hear at the end. <laughs> it feels really hard. <laughs> and um, mm. I think we recorded it about two a.m. in the morning, and um. It's yeah, it's one of those songs that is real special to me because of what it's about. And um, this version of it is we had two versions: once more with feeling, and once more for the band. And this is once more for the band. Once more by your 
once more for the band. you guys singing live here and everything in this it was amazing and I saw your your hearts and your faces light up when you were singing together again it's been a great time thank you very much this is the end of the Krumbacher show guys hope you enjoyed it Krumbacher did you love it we did we thank you, you so your much fans. go you listen do you love your we love fans? our fans we do you thank do you so me. much oh, tell them how much you love them thank you so we much love, for we, love you we love you guys we love you guys we love you guys Thank you. Thank Bye. You. Bye. Frontline Records Rewind. Frontline Records Rewind. Frontline Records Rewind.